0: hi everyone welcome to episode five of my podcast series um i have a guest here with me today and i've actually only known or met this guest in person uh last year uh when i was on vacation to um asia uh where we had a few mutual friends and we kind of decided to like meet up and uh, hang out and after meeting him even though it's only been like a year i feel like um, a lot of his values in life and just kind of his ambitions um, kind of mimic my personality a bit and also um, our overall friend group. And like just kind of watching him talk and just some of our conversations, like he's a pretty inspiring person. So um, why don't you introduce wow. yourself?
1: Hey, what's up, Vincent? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Like, I really appreciate it. Um, so to start off, uh, my name is Ray Fu. And uh, actually like my Chinese name is Chung Reifu, but my nickname is just Ray. And uh, I'm currently a graduate from Duke University and I'm currently studying computer science and going to becoming an incoming software engineer at Facebook, which I am super excited for, but this COVID has killed my whole motivation for working but it's been okay <laughs> no, he's
0: being extremely humble i mean just as i kind of said in terms of inspiration like we've had multiple talks <laughs> even during the quarantine period about like trying to do something right like i think like a lot of us were diving to a bit of our passion projects and kind of we want to explore certain areas and yeah ray has i think taken on so many different projects oh out of like interests. <laughs> um we, we could dive a bit into it uh later on but um kind of just very similar to the structure mm-hmm. of my other podcasts. Um I'm kinda curious, uh Ray, like do you right. like, were you born in America or like what was that whole um kind of your childhood journey like if you uh don't mind elaborating
1: Yeah. For sure. So like I think like one of the things about me that you know how when people say like When you like do an icebreaker and it's like tell me one unique thing about you. When I was younger, I literally had no unique things about me. But I remember when I was in school, I told people that I was born in Japan. And I actually born from Japan born in Japan. And they would be super surprised because I'm Chinese. (laughs) So that was just always my like icebreaker thing when people were like, Tell me something unique about you. I'm like, Oh, I'm Chinese, but I was born in Japan. Yeah. And so yeah, I was yeah,
0: yeah, so yeah, I was going to say um like uh what was like like was it cuz your parents like were studying in Japan or like working in Japan? Like how yeah, what was that like?
1: Yeah, so like um my parents actually were MD PhDs and like my dad has like this very like I guess just um iconic story of like being a farmer and being like the only person to go to college from his plantation. And uh, he went on to, he's like a very academic person. So like our, in our household, it's like a, lo- a lot about academics and trying to get like higher degrees, right? And so my mom was actually from the city and uh, she was from Beijing, which is the capital of China. And uh, she's from the city. And so she basically met my dad when my dad went to college in Beijing. And they both studied basically like, um, trying to get their uh, degrees in MD and PhD. And in terms of getting their degree, like, one thing they had to do was basically study in Japan at a university. Um, they had to do some research there. So basically, like, for 10 years, they lived in Japan. They, uh, they basically study the culture, and they're actually fluent in Japanese. And um, one thing I remember is that my mom actually worked for KFC in Japan. And she would always talk about that for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, I was born in Japan, and I was born in this place called Meibashi Gunma. Is that um, that
0: near, like, the Tokyo area? or?
1: um... Yeah, so I always told people I was born in Tokyo. But then my mom was like, just kidding. You're actually born in Meibachi. I didn't want to tell you because no one knows about that place. (laughs) (laughs) So I was born, like, close to Tokyo. And uh, I actually recently went back. Not recently, but, like, two to three years ago. Went back and checked it out. And uh, I found the place that I was born at. And it was called the Female Hospital of gunma and i was i was just like wow this is so cool you know being at the hospital that he was born um but yeah like growing up in japan like i really had very little like a recollection of like what exactly my experience was in japan but uh, i had some more recollection of being in china because what happened was that after i was born in japan i only stayed there for about two to three years Mm -hmm. and then my parents took me over to china to live with my aunt you know how like a lot of these Chinese parents, I don't know if they still do this, but like they just leave you with like a family member, like usually your grandma or your aunt. Yeah. yeah. So they basically left me <laughs> with my fucking aunt for like two years, two to three years in China too. So I was living with my aunt, and I remember this clearly because like um just this one time, like when I was younger, like very young, like five or six, um, my mom told me that like um, when I was like that age, like people were asking, like, they called me the Japanese kid because like, you know how like China didn't really have good relations with Japan at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, uh, like, it was like kind of weird because I was born in Japan and I came to China and then like people didn't really like me cause I was from Japan, but I was too young to notice back then. So like, it just like was one very small part of my memory
0: yeah there's definitely Um, a pretty sensitive like that's a pretty like gray area i would say with the older generation i mean it's completely understandable because um i would say like similarly like my my grandfather from my mom's side he's also an academic and um essentially he taught chinese in japan but and kind of picked up a bit of japanese but uh because of like the whole war and everything um it was like a very dark time during those days, and um, yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's, it's really, pretty bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just didn't realize how bad it was until like reading my history and stuff. But, yeah, so yeah, it's uh, What was bad.
0: like kind of like your parents' rationale for like um, immigrating to America, and what was that like? Did did you uh, immigrate when you were like six or seven, or?
1: Yeah, so that that is correct. I did immigrate to America when I was. Um, I think seven years old. And uh, I actually like one of the things I like, I really appreciate my parents doing was like thinking about their kids and like making, trying trying for them to have a better future in another area mm-hmm. and making that huge sacrifice. But you know, like sometimes like in terms of like sacrifices, like you never know whether the sacrifice you made is going to have a better impact than not creating the sacrifice sometimes. Yeah. Cause my parents always talk about like, Oh, like, if we were still in China or blah, 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 like we could have been like a lot more, you know, uh, maybe a lot richer or maybe not. But like, there's a higher chance of us being richer since we know the culture so well. Um, but like they took that sacrifice because back then it was like, you know, America had all these opportunities and it was such, such a goldmine for like achieving your dreams. There was that American dream yeah. that all minorities chased.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so
1: they, yeah, so right. So it. I think they never they never explicitly told me like what, like click for them like oh we need to go to America but it was more of like a this place had a lot of better opportunities and they were so poor at the time back in China that like they were just like like I want to try to like have a better life for my kids and my dad also got a job at Johns Hopkins Mm -hmm. as a researcher basically a research assistant Mm -hmm. and um, he came here he came to the US first And then I came when I was seven, like a year after he came Mm -hmm. and we just stumbled into the city, the beautiful city of Baltimore um, when we first came. And we actually didn't live here because um, we couldn't find housing here. I remember this. And we actually lived in a much cheaper area in a place called Pikesville.
0: Oh, I'm assuming it's, like, the greater Baltimore
1: area, maybe? Yeah, yeah. definitely greater Baltimore area. It's, like, really close to Baltimore, actually. It's, like, a 25-minute drive, but we lived there, and that place was super Jewish, like, very, very heavily Jewish community. I remember when I was younger, like, I don't even know if people, or if you went to any bar or bat mitzvahs. But no, I no. went to like so many. Like I still remember them saying like Baruka diod and Naya Alehenu, like the fucking chant. And like I, I literally went to like thirteen of thirteen or fourteen of them. I remember.
0: Oh, that's, that's and, interesting.
1: Um, yeah. So like I my my like elementary school was like completely like two minority kids, like me and this other kid, and like fully just white, like Russian slash Jewish, mm-hmm. like a lot of those. And, um, yeah, I think, like, like the transition from, like, you know, like, the Asian culture to American culture, like, not speaking the language is kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Like, I took ESL classes, like, English as a secondary language classes. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had that. Yeah, ESL. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, ESL I, classes. I also
0: went through the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that – I remember taking that stuff. <laughs> um, I also remember, like, this one time, I guess, like, two – basically like i i feel like there's a lot of circum uh, like certain uh, like instances of like just like being an outsider that is like very apparent where like the teachers were like white and they didn't really know like what you were doing like like maybe like the food that you brought was like smelly or it's like just different than like just a plain old peanut butter sandwich so you know when you're younger like when everyone has like a sandwich (laughs) and you literally have rice with fucking like meat and like like yeah. string beans and like everyone's beans. like yeah. yeah everyone's staring at you like what the fuck and you go home and you cry to your mom and you're just like oh my god like i really wish i had you know like a, a sandwich
0: or like yeah right
1: yeah like, like a fucking lunchable man lunchables yeah. were like hot in those days i had like one every two weeks and every time i opened one i remember like slowly putting the thing together and like savoring it because like I was out there and I had a real lunch not like a Chinese lunch and uh, that was like that was just like thinking back like I think like a lot of kids when they first come here they're really like I guess like they create this like small towards small amount of hatred but not, not like hatred but like more like um, embarrassment about their own culture For which sure. is kind of a problem and that that was like really manifested because i was in such a like a like a white school <laughs> white elementary school
0: yeah no i i think like i can relate exactly to to your experience i mean um even though no you know growing up in vancouver the city itself is a lot more um like asian in terms of like uh, i wouldn't say like asian would be a, a minority in in the greater vancouver area but um i i do remember a lot of times growing up like similar to you i went by my chinese name um just because you know uh like that's like what who i am right like just as a person and yeah. um yeah my first kind of elementary school the one that i was with uh, that i studied there for six years before moving was in more of like a lower income ish area and uh, there weren't a lot of like um asian people there uh, especially like the teachers i remember mm-hmm uh like i would be pretty fluent in english like you know in grade three grade four but every time um you know we kind of like uh upgrade or like the new year started with a different teacher they would just automatically assume that i didn't like i think know a lot of english because i had a chinese name so they would always mm-hmm. like put me into like esl for like the first month or two but i was like already pretty fluent um and it's like it's kind of like just something that you kind of just live with as a kid like i mean growing up you don't really realize too much that it's you know a like whether it's like racist or you know these type of like little remarks but i definitely remember um there was a lot of like embarrassing moments growing up where it's kind of like sometimes like um like your parents will give you like a haircut or something like that or like uh back in school in china you would have uh, name like your Chinese character names stitched onto your clothing, and mm-hmm. it's like these like little things that like you just don't realize are so different. Um, that makes you like different from the Western em- environment and culture. So I I yeah, can relate I, exactly to like how you mm-hmm. were feeling growing up.
2: um Dude, yeah,
1: I like definitely relate to that. Like tiny bits of like racism that you don't notice, and I feel like that might be a huge problem because like you kind of learn to like think of it as like your culture is kind of funny and backwards and like i think like one of the things that like i just remember so clearly is that my gym teacher made a joke about how my eyes are small and because everyone is laughing, i was just confused because everyone is laughing i remember laughing too and i was just like wait like why are my eyes so small you know like is, yeah. is, is am i just freaking weird am i a weirdo and like just like small amounts of like i think like the biggest thing that i like i kind of regret is that like, like when you're younger, like, and your parents are also like, you know, not from um, like, this is the country that you were like, that you grew up in. It's like, they might be, they might, you might be very embarrassed by them in public because they don't know the language. Mm -hmm. And because they might do things that are a bit weird. And then you might yell at them or be like, really angry at them in public. Um, And just remember this, like one time, like, I was like, and, like, my clarinet, like, when I was, like, in fourth grade, like, I was doing clarinet.
2: Yeah.
1: And then my, my mom didn't really know how to portray that, like, she wanted to have an extra lesson um, to my clarinet teacher. My teacher, she was confused. I just remember being so, like, angry with my mom because she wouldn't be able to speak English well. And I was, like, actually, like, yelling at her in front of my clarinet teacher. And I, like, and at the time, I was just, like, like, oh, my God. Like, I feel so embarrassed for my, like, backwards and, like, like, just like my parents not knowing like English, but like, you know, thinking about it after years later, you like really like truly feel so regretful doing that. And I feel so embarrassed doing that in front of my mom because it's like, yo, you're like your, your mom kind of like sacrificed like most of her culture. And then she like has an accent like she like it's like it's not her responsibility to like learn English to that point where like she's that good. And then, like, you should be someone who, like, you know, stands up for your mom in the case of those, right? But because, like, I was, like, just, like, so young, like, you learn to, like, even, like, have a greater hatred for your, like, backwards culture and your, like, this, like, your mom not knowing Chinese. So then you're, like, oh, I need to know English. Like, I hate Chinese. Like, Chinese sucks. And that's, like, when, that's, like, just, like, a very, like, painful, like, memory that I have because I was just, like, never again will i ever do that to my mom and like anytime like in public my mom doesn't know something and someone gets like mad that my mom can't figure it out i just like get so mad at the other person like they need to just yeah calm I, I, I
0: definitely have like the same regrets as well and I, I mean just in like a like a story where like an example would be uh, if it's like super sunny right like my my mom would uh, kind of use his um, like her umbrella to like block the sun and i remember as a kid growing up i thought you know it's so like we look so dumb just like walking around with yeah. a, an umbrella open when it's super sunny like do you know what i mean it's like stuff like that you know yeah just like yeah little yeah. things um okay so i guess like uh did you spend most of your childhood kind of growing up in baltimore um maryland area or like I, I do know like a lot of americans they love to like move around to different states because of uh their parents work and stuff was that also a right. similar case for you
1: no i actually didn't move around because my parents both work at the same place so it was very hard, but we actually moved around in the same area, <laughs> like we moved twice actually. Okay. So we moved from Pikesville to like Baltimore City because my middle school was like this magnet school. And it was actually pretty interesting because my middle school, my parents thought because it's a magnet school, and for those of you who don't know what magnet school is, it's a school that's like very like um good at one thing. So my school is really good at like teaching environmental science. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes a magnet school. So. My middle school was actually in Baltimore City, and uh, that school was around, like, 95% African-American. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, like, really, like, new to, like, switch completely from, like, um, you know, very white Jewish school to, like, a whole community that was, like, African-American. And, um, yeah, like, throughout both of those, like, times, it was just, like, hard to, like, get along with people because like they have such a different cultural value than you. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when I was younger, like a lot of like the kids in school, like some of them would be like the comedy or like the funny guy or stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I had like almost felt like I had to try to be like some type of person in there. And um, yeah, it was just like kind of difficult then. Um, But yeah, apart from that, like we didn't really move around that much. Like the last time we moved was to Towson for my high school, which was like, also, like a very like white area high school, but it's more like non-Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the place that I lived for elementary school because, like, it was like very Jewish, but it was like filled with immigrants. It was like a lot of immigrants from Europe mm-hmm. and like Russia. And so, like, some of them could like, I guess, like really understand that like the the struggle, you know, of being new to a country and like not being like like part of that country. But like my high school was like like straight like just white people and um it was just like a different kind of vibe and um yeah yeah no, yeah we sure. didn't move around that much.
2: were you
0: like, <laughs> would you say you were like i guess a bit more like extroverted as a kid so like even though you, you like switched to i guess um schools and like different cultures and stuff like uh were you able to i guess adapt relatively quickly in terms of like i mean like as, as a kid you don't really like notice like i guess race too much as like a divider when it comes to like making friends with people in your classes and stuff like uh like were you able to adapt uh well in those environments
1: yeah i think like um i think like there's like two sides to that Mm -hmm. so one i i didn't really see race as much as like i guess a lot of people see it today as just like friends are just friends and it's like fine um but i was also a very introverted kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I was in, like, elementary and middle school, actually, um, I was, like, and it was because of the fact that when I was in elementary school, like, I just barely knew um, English. And also do the fact that, like, because I was, like, Asian and there was, like, very few Asians, like, it was hard for me to really talk to a bunch of people. And so, like, what I would end up doing is that, like, I would just, like, end up, like, having, like, a small group of friends and then, like, just hang out with those same people for, like, a long time. And uh, I remember, like, yeah, just hanging out with this like, group of, like, one, one kid was, like, a Russian, uh this one Russian kid, um this guy, this guy from Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. and uh, this other um, girl who was Blasian, and, uh, yeah, we would, oh, and one other guy who was uh, Jewish-Russian, um, and we would just hang out all the time, so it was, like, a very, like, I was just very introverted. That's um, a very,
0: like, diverse, like, friend group, that's
1: pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah, my yeah, my friend groups like when I was younger were like a lot more diverse than they are today.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of sad,
1: but um, yeah, I just like you know like you you really had to like I mean they were also like some, some like as I said they were Russian some some of them were from elementary school too that mm-hmm. I've been with a while and um I think like what's what's weird for me is that like I actually had my first girlfriend when I was in sixth grade. Cute,
0: cute, yeah, Damn, start and young, um. Ready?
1: Dude, sorry, dude. She was the only other Asian girl in my middle school, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't actually don't want to dwell too much into that, but yeah. I think it was just like, um, like I, I, spent time with the reason why I didn't like like have too much, of like, uh-huh. uh, why well, I was an introvert is because I spent a lot of time with her, right, uh-huh. in sixth grade, but then she had to move back to Korea, oh. um, so I like had that group of friends for a while. And I was, like, super introverted. Like, I remember, like, hating to talk to people. <laughs> I was just, like, I was so scared, you know? I was just, like, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, like, you, like, say, like, what's up? And they say what's up. And then you're, like, fuck. Like, I said what's up. Now I don't know what to say. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, those, like, awkward moments. Um, okay, so yeah, I, was, like, I, I guess when you moved, like, uh, for your final time to, like, your high school area, um, what was that kind of experience? Like, I, I guess, like, just uh maybe let's like break down your high school experience so for instance like were you one of those kids that typical had like a typical like part-time job you know working at like some fast food restaurant like were you super involved in like academics and clubs because of i guess pressure from like you know your parents and stuff like what was your experience like
1: okay So I can start off by saying that my parents are not very strict and they're super nice. They're not like the parents that are like, you have to get A's and stuff. They were like, very like, oh, like, if you don't, you shouldn't like stay up all night to work on a project. You can just fail the project and it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like just, I think they had (laughs) some specific rules of like, go to sleep early and like, basically just like take care of your health and just be happy. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And um, basically I was such a bad kid in middle school and elementary school, like, I, I was so bad that like I remember taking this one Japanese class and the teacher kicked me out because I was just throwing paper airplanes and one of them landed on my teacher <laughs> and then she kicked me out of class <laughs> and she was like she like basically like it was like a class where you just like pay a certain amount to take. Um, it was like on Saturdays and my, they, she basically was like telling my mom how she would refund my mom the whole like call the whole tuition for the class. If oh I just my left gosh. and so I left oh. <laughs> I was like fuck. Yeah, I was getting, like, pretty bad grades, too. And um, I think high school is, like the, like, the beginning of high school is, like, the time where, like, I met people that, like, really, really inspired me to, like, do better in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I met some people who, like, probably don't remember me at all. But they're, like, such strong images in my head because I looked up to them back then mm-hmm. in ninth grade. And um, they really inspired me. Like, one of them goes to NYU. And, like, I thought NYU was, like, the top the top school you know like that was my dream yeah ninth grade get into NYU, <laughs> And and i was just like oh my like like basically like um he was actually in he was actually a senior when i was in freshman year so he already got into the school yeah. um basically throughout the year and then he was like oh you have to get a's he basically was telling me how to get into nyu because i wanted to go there because
2: <laughs> i that's just amazing. looked at him yeah
1: yeah and then he was and he was just basically like yeah you have to get straight a's and like yeah, just 4.0 GPA. Our our scale is out of 4.0, so that means you got straight A's. And uh, you have to do activities. And the reason why I looked up to him is because he was part of this group called Key Club. And for those of you who, for those of you who don't know what Key Club is, Key Club is a student-led service organization. And there's like many different like ranks to it. Mm-hmm. So he was basically like the district level position of a treasurer, and he was basically like governing as a treasurer for like, um, basically like like four different states and that's like district level Mm -hmm. and uh basically like i looked up to him because he was so cool like like whenever he went like everyone would just like talk to them you know and like i was such an introvert like i just saw him as like oh my god like you're you're a god. like i want to be that (laughs) because like he would just like go into the classroom and like all the girls and the guys would just like easily talk to him and i was just like how do i become like you (laughs) just one day i didn't i don't remember if i said that but basically like Um, he was just like, yeah, like, like, I think like one of the things that he really taught me about, you know, um, becoming a bit more extroverted is like, well, one was joining key club because it was like a big club back then. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think one of the things is that like, if you want to get people to vote for you for these, like to get these ranks or these higher level positions, Mm -hmm. you really have to talk to people because if no one knows you, then like, you can't really get the position. Yeah. And so I remember, like, as a kid, like, um, I was just like, oh, I'll try something out. So, like, for the math club, I tried to run <laughs> for treasure, and I got beaten by this girl. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. And I was just, like, kind of embarrassed. And I was like, yeah, like, I took his advice, like, tried to get – try to know people. And um, one of his things was that, like, like, yeah, just, like, talk to them. And, like, like, I grew to, like, being, like – basically a person that like really like wanted to talk to people who people who sat alone and uh people who just like didn't seem like they were having fun in an event mm-hmm. um or something like that and like i would be the guy with like um asking people to join like our friend group or like asking like for people who like seem like they're alone or because like i kind of like felt that way when i was in middle school because i was just sometimes eating alone because i didn't really have friends i was like an introvert yeah,
2: no, and like amazing. i felt lonely yeah.
1: But, like, I just didn't want other people to feel lonely. So I kind of, like, was, like, oh, like, like I just talked to them. And then, like, the first few times, it was actually hella scary because, like, you know you know that thing that's, like, you say, like, yo, what's up? And then they just don't want to talk to you. And yeah. you're, like, fuck. <laughs> like, I just leave. But, like, I think I was just, like, over time, it's, like, you know, you, like, I just, like, the, the first process. You get used so you, to it. Okay. Right? It's I, like, yeah. I, th- I think the thing is that, like, you're – your own biggest enemy yeah and like you know when you try to ask a out, right you overthink it and you just never do it yeah and then like my thing was like for talking to people like something <laughs> you just overthink you're like well he probably doesn't even want to talk to me anyway right so i probably don't even want to talk to them. so like let me just not talk to them. but for me it was just like don't even think about anything just go up and say hi and then you're already fucking stuck in the situation so you gotta like either deal with it or just somehow get out of it you know yeah no, and so i just sure. like put myself in just like really fucking weird situations um and um
0: yeah no i was i was gonna kind of chime in here and say like i actually have like a very exact high school experience like it's it's (laughs) super like insane to think about because um similarly like from my perspective like growing up um i like i i never really got into like fights and stuff like i wasn't really a bratty kid but i was also um i didn't really get like super great grades in like elementary school and it wasn't until i moved to like the Burnby North area, you know, where it was a bit more like Asian prevalent. And like I met a lot of friends uh, who like, I'm still friends with till this day in like um, my like senior year of elementary school, where, you know, um, they kind of it was just like, a natural effort for them to like persuade me to like go into like honors classes in high school. I remember um, we we had like a, like we had to take like a math test at the end of like our elementary school to like Uh essentially decide whether we would get into like an honors class in um high school for like our our high school like period starting grade eight so like we did we didn't have middle school Mm -hmm. and um i wanted to be with my friends so i naturally took the test as well and definitely throughout high school it was kind of like my friends who carried me man they were like Oh, you know, like, um, I'm going to take these honors classes, I'm going to take these AP classes, and I wanted to be, like, in the same classes as my friends, so I would not Yo, same same. way, man. Yeah, it's, (laughs) I never thought too much about, like, you know, university back then, or, like, you know, what I wanted to be when I grew up and stuff, and um, Mm. I was also a very introverted kid, where I think the natural kind of um, hobby after school was, was to just go home and play video games with your friends. Um, but it really Mm -hmm. wasn't until I met, um, like a great group of friends, uh, back in like grade 10, uh, where I became like a lot more extroverted and they kind of pushed me to, um, be like a bit uncomfortable or like seek like kind of these type of like situations where you like wouldn't naturally be in just because of your personality. And like one of the examples or one of the experiences was when, um, they kind of uh, told me to apply for like a grad council position uh, for the for, oh. like, my senior year where, you know, it's kind of like a selection process, like an interview process. And um, I mean, if you talk to like some of like my high school friends um, today who like knew me back then, like it's insane where they're like, dude, like this guy being part of ground council like this guy barely posts on Facebook, he's not very like extroverted like you know what I mean uh but it was definitely uh, through that yeah. experience where I definitely became like a lot more sociable and extroverted, like very similar to like kind of your key club experience and meeting this uh mentor um you know who kind of persuaded you to like i guess be like a better version of yourself um i, I yeah, guess, <laughs> besides like the whole like key club stuff uh you know do, oh. do you play any sports and um high school they yeah, take on like a yeah, part-time job just to like make some cash and stuff like other other clubs and activities yeah
1: yeah 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 so um yeah i was in the math honor society like
2: fucking... of, course you were,
1: <laughs> of course me dude um but yeah i was actually also playing um badminton and uh tennis and nice. here's a story with badminton and tennis so i i started tennis when i was in seventh grade in middle school and then my dad would always play with me and then I would just, you know, go on to like, that was my sport. You know, my, when I was younger, my dad always wanted to go outside because I was an introvert. He was like, you have to go outside and play something. Yeah. So I just got to go outside and like, sometimes we would play tennis. And like, I think he wanted to play tennis because I, I used to really love soccer. And I thought I was a soccer guy. Like, <laughs> I just like love soccer. And then like, he, he, like one day, I think like one of his friends in China, or like not his friend, but like someone he knew in China was like, he, his leg was broken because of a soccer tournament. And my dad didn't want me to get injured, so he put me on a sport like tennis, where there's, like, almost no way I could get injured, yeah, right? Yeah, So, yeah, so, like, that. that's why I started tennis. And the reason why I started badminton was because, like, some kids in my – oh, I also went to Chinese school mm-hmm. on Sundays. Mm-hmm. But because I was such a bad kid back then, like, one time I was talking too much to, like, my, my fucking, like – friend that was sitting next to me Mm -hmm. and like the back of the class so it was like just a weird echo in the room my teacher just stopped class early and just kicked us out like i just was (laughs) just a bad kid fuck um but yeah so some a few kids in my chinese class were like they were like the badminton players and like they just like started badminton when they were younger and uh i remember starting badminton um because it was so similar to tennis right like it could be easily picked up yeah but i remember in ninth grade like one of my like 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 remembered accomplishments was beating a kid in the tryouts a kid who played badminton for all of middle school and i beat him and he was so i, I think like when you're younger like once you start tilting a little bit like you tilt till towards the end of the like the moon but yeah. like you just like tilt like he was a lot better than me right yeah. but just because i managed to tilt him a little he just like went downhill yeah. and just like missed everything and i was like and then like the coach ranked me higher than him and i think he was just so tilted oh uh because like it was like my first time playing badminton like not my first time but like i did one practice yeah and like it was just like so like was, yeah we were we were doubles partners for all four years of Babington, mm. and um basically like yeah we got to uh we actually won silver in our counties tournaments twice Wait, and we won bronze right? once that's like pretty high, yeah up there, yeah yeah Damn. it's pretty high up there um but like yeah, I, I wasn't like amazing at badminton, but I was the best in like what our county was. But keep in mind, our county isn't like super like good at badminton, like not compared to like California Cause it, cause it's like or a like
0: white county, right?
1: Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's more like a white county. So, like, most kids I was playing with were like white or Filipino, and um, yeah, it was like kind of a mix of that. And um, yeah, so I also played tennis, and uh, that kid was also like my doubles partner in badminton, was also like. In tennis with me but he wasn't my doubles partner in tennis um, I was usually playing mixed doubles and I think one of my biggest accomplishments is actually like when I was playing tennis um, during my junior year mm-hmm. I actually was doubles partner with this other kid um one of the people like I met there um, and we actually won first place in regionals and our school won counties and we got to the state championships for tennis
0: yeah, wait, you, and, I, uh, I, I feel like you could have done, like, maybe varsity tennis in, uh, in like, high school or
1: something
0: like that. Oh, I'm like, Sorry, a, sorry not like high tennis. school, but, like, um, in, like,
1: college, college you mean? yeah. Yeah, like, D-sport, D D-level tennis. Yeah. Um, I was good, but I wasn't, like, gonna devote, like, a lot of my life to tennis. Uh-huh. I don't think I was good. I think I was decent, but my mom paid a lot of money for, like, for lessons, lessons for me. Yeah. So that's where a lot of it came in. Yeah. So, like... Like me and him we got to state, but we didn't win state and we like there was just like so many people that were like so godlike at like the state like championships that like it was just so intimidating. Like there's people there who are just like I guess they like go to like college for scholarships for tennis, you know? Like that's what you see. So I wasn't that level, so there's no way I could beat any of them. And um yeah, I definitely wasn't um amazing uh compared to those people, but to my own ranks I feel like I was, played a lot of tennis um and no, that was like one of my biggest impressive. accomplishments yeah i would say like because like yeah oh I, yeah i i was i'm also like a very i i get stage fright and yeah. um i just like i'm one of those guys that like get really scared nervous when playing like any tournaments and stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so that was just like I, like if i was less scared i would definitely play a lot of tournaments but i was always so scared you know like oh my gosh like it's just intimidating sometimes. Yeah. And uh one of the things that I also did in high school was I played clarinet and uh piano.
0: Of course. And, no um, typical Asian instruments. Yeah. Either. Dude,
1: the reason why I started piano is because my mom saw that like my friends' kids were playing I mean, my mom's friends' kids were playing piano and my mom was like, All right, you have to learn to instrument so uh i'm gonna choose piano for you and then when i was younger i always wanted to play the violin and my mom was like the violin is way too hard for you you're too dumb to play violin i'm gonna put you as clarinet i was like oh my god i remember this clearly i was like what like she thought i was too dumb to play violin yeah so i played clarinet um and i don't know why clarinet is an easier instrument to her than violin because clarinet was so hard for me too but um yeah so i played a uh, clarinet and violin for Peabody at Johns Hopkins and it's a pretty famous, uh, um, music school. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I basically played piano for like seven, eight and seven, eight, eight years Mm -hmm. around, um, switching between a few instructors. And so I could say I'm pretty decent at playing piano. Um, I got to like the second to, or the highest level basically that you can get Mm -hmm. to. Um, but the one thing was because I had stage fright, I was so scared of playing recitals uh-huh. and i would never take up like any piano competitions or like any like play in front of like carnegie mellon or something like yeah. carnegie hall yeah. or like play in front of a bunch of people because i was just like i was so scared like yeah. i can only do recitals like in front of like my teacher or like a small group of people i was just like so embarrassed i get really heavy stage fright um from playing piano
0: wait damn that- but, that's um insane that uh you had like all these kind of extracurricular like I-, I feel like it must have taken Up like a lot of time, right? Of your kind of high school. Yeah, dude.
1: It was it was a lot of time and um it was actually so dumb. Actually for a whole year I couldn't do any of these, the sports or the instruments, because I fractured my pinky. And uh this is super dumb because like I was playing with a few friends and uh it was like the winter time. So I didn't realize like maybe your bones are like a bit more brittle during winter (laughs) because it's cold. And so I like I was like like my friends were like punching on a punching bag, right? And um, I, like, literally had never punched a punching bag. But I remember seeing, like, in the movies, like, you know when Captain America punches a punching bag and it, like, flies open and, like, a bunch of sand comes out? I was like, I'm going to punch it and it's going to, like, wobble. You know, I'm going to make it fly. I punched it and it didn't move and my, like, fucking finger got fractured. My pinky. (laughs) And, like, I think the problem was that, like, there was a huge bruise on my pinky, but my parents, like, thought it was just a bruise you know like oh, yeah it, it was like bulging but they were just like oh it's just a bruise like don't worry about it yeah. and so for like six weeks like i didn't worry about it but i couldn't move my fucking finger and i kept telling my mom like i can't move my finger she's like oh don't worry about it so one of the things i like really regret is not going to the hospital because like when you have a fractured pinky like it, it's not necessarily broken broken it's just like your your bones are like shifted a little bit yeah but then like the bones like after the six weeks Weeks it's grew nice and like yeah. the shifted position.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's it nice just stupid.
1: like grew like in the wrong way. So like I literally had to go to the doctor, and I remember crying because the doctor was like, "This is gonna take six months. You're probably not gonna be able to do like tennis, badminton, piano, clarinet." And I was like crying, and I was so mad at my parents for not letting me go to the doctor earlier. And basically, what they did, it was like my first time doing surgery, my only time ever in my life doing surgery.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and basically, I remember them putting me under. And then what they basically had to do was like break the bone and put it in the right place. Oh, and I had oh that my. for a while.
2: Oh my god,
1: that sounds um, painful. Yeah, and, but it was a fractured pinky. I'm pretty sure a lot of people had it worse, but yeah. since it was my first time, I was like crying a lot. I was yeah. like so sad. Um, but yeah, so like I had that. Couldn't for all of sophomore year, basically I couldn't do tennis, badminton, or piano. And that probably probably stumbled it. Like, I'm probably like, um, I guess like stint, not stint, but stumped stumped my uh, growth in those areas a little bit but i actually like stopped clarinet my sophomore year not because of the fractured pinky or actually a little bit because of the fractured pinky but also because when i was a freshman i was in band class and i was first chair clarinet right
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i was so mad because i didn't get into junior all-state orchestra i got into all county but i didn't get to all state yeah and i was just so mad and i like i i definitely thought i was good enough but I just, like, had the stage fright a little bit and got, like, nervous when, like, doing the recital... other doing, like, the exam. And, like, I messed up something that I, like, practiced a billion times. <laughs> I was so mad. And I was just, yeah. like, yeah, like, I don't want to spend, like, so much time practicing this because I also broke my finger. You can't even play it for a whole year.
0: Wait, so, so what um, did but- you end up doing Um, that, I guess, year that you couldn't, like, kind of do all your extracurriculars? Like, did you just study your ass off? Like, uh- Yeah,
1: so uh, I was actually, like... Um, gaining positions in key club and um oh, this so you, is you how did
0: key club like all four years or yeah. like all... all four years yeah
1: all four years all four years and um um i actually remember practicing tennis when my finger was a little bit better and i would use four fingers i wouldn't use my pinky i would just hold my pinky <laughs> at the side yeah I'll and i would just it. use four fingers to practice tennis um and or like piano i just wouldn't use my pinky and i just like hold it there and practice all the other fingers yeah Damn, that's, um yeah. Yeah, so I think, like, yeah, like, when I had the cast, I was, like, getting the Key Club, and I think Key Club was actually the biggest part of my life, and um, it was due to the fact that, remember I told you the guy was district treasurer, and he was Mm -hmm. a senior, right? Yeah. So he told me I should run for district treasurer when I was a freshman. And I was Holy like, shit. there's no way. Basically, in order to run for district strategy, you have to go to something called the district convention. Yeah. At the district convention, you have to present your speech to each key club state like organization. Mm-hmm. And there's like 10 of them. So it's like around like, it's like thousands of people. Mm-hmm. But you present it a bunch of times and you have caucusing and then you have like a final speech and then you have like to make a banner and like people who campaign for you. Yeah. I was like, there is no way I'm ever going to do this. <laughs> and like for some reason, like, just one day while we were sitting there, he managed to, in 10 minutes, convince me. He's like, yeah, there's no way other people are running. You're probably going to be the only one running. It's going to be totally fine. And like, you know what? It never hurts. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll just sign my name up. And then like, he signed my <laughs> name up. And then, like, I was running against someone, and I was so scared because that person was, like, older than me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, I remember getting a bunch of questions and being so scared to talk in front of people And, like, I guess, like, after talking in front of people, like, so many times and doing a bunch of elections, like, I got better at it. Mm -hmm. But I remember, like, the first few times I was so scared of talking in front of people. Um, And then, like, I just didn't realize, like, how much support, like, my club actually gave me. They were, like, so nice. They were rooting for me. And um, I became, like, a better talker on stage. And then, like, I think, like, a lot of people were asking me, like, you're so young. Like, no one has ever been this young to get district treasurer. Like, what makes you better? And I was just like trying to like pull answers out of my ass. No, I wasn't really <laughs> trying to pull answers out of my ass, but I was like, I had a bunch of like really like, like really like answers that like my friends were like, they're probably going to ask this because you're young and because yeah. you have this. So I had like a lot of that like going on. Mentorship and and
2: coaching,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. somehow I won, and I was probably I was the youngest, not probably the youngest. Dude, I was the youngest you're a child, to get man. Oh my gosh. You're <laughs> dude, no, I dude, I actually like. After that convention, I became district. And when you're district, they basically fly you around to different states and you get basically like on weekends, you get to live in a hotel with like the district <laughs> board and you just talk about stuff Yeah. and like have fun and stuff. And that was such an amazing experience for him because i never traveled before and they were flying me around and uh, driving awesome. me around too. Yeah. And like talking to a bunch of people. And like, yeah, like it started me becoming like this like key club guy at our school. And like, you know how like a lot of people think like the popular kid is like this white kid who plays lacrosse or football or yeah, something like that. Or something. That
2: yeah.
1: That is true for like the like majority of my school because my majority of my school is white. But among like the minorities and like the people who were like interested in like like service and stuff like my whole club yeah. and like all the clubs around me, like I became like super popular. Dude, that's and it was awesome. just like yeah yeah no it was just like so cool because like like the next year when i was going to the district convention right because i was like perform last year people would go up to me and they'd be like oh my god i love your speech last year or like you're so cool blah 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 and like i don't get that like now like where <laughs> <laughs> like in college yeah. but yeah. in high school i did get that yeah, and it was awesome. just like amazing yeah it was just it's just nice to be popular and you think you're so cool but you're actually not that cool but like people just like no, boost your I, ego i, I, I you mean know? It's,
0: it's for like a good like cause right i mean like you're at least yeah, like, doing something yeah. where, like you you find that's meaningful i yeah i i like even in like vancouver and canada um i, I was also part of like very similar clubs you know whether it's like the amnesty international and I, I think like um like similar to key club what we have is like the leo's club where uh, it's like we focus a lot on like services right just helping out the community stuff like that um okay let, let's i guess get into a bit more on your like academic side so I I mean, just based off of, like, our previous conversation and stuff, like, you've kind of told me, like, you used to be in pre-med, right, before going to where you are now. So, like, was that because you were trying to follow your parents' footsteps-ish because of they were, like, super academic and, like, um, yeah, I guess in your senior year-ish or, like, your junior year where you've actually had to put in, like, a lot more thought into... Uh, what college you want to attend, and stuff like that. Like, what was your thought process?
1: Right, so um, I don't think it was really me trying to fit into the image of my parents' or, or like, follow, Mm -hmm. but it was, like, you know how, like, sometimes parents fail to achieve their dreams, so they want their kids to achieve their dreams? And that was, like, essentially my whole academic career (laughs) in high school, where my parents were, like, trying to get me to achieve Becoming a doctor in which they couldn't because mm-hmm. they wanted to be doctors and they could be doctors in China, but because they came to the US and they had to like keep their visas by doing a job, mm-hmm. they couldn't just take time off to like study the exam, the yeah. medical exam. Yeah. And basically, become a doctor. So they really wanted me to become a doctor. And also in my school, no one really did comp sci. It was a very badly taught class. We had mm-hmm. AP comp sci, it was very badly taught. Mm-hmm. And, um, no one did comp size. I don't know anyone that did comp size. So like everyone was just studying like, like the sciences and stuff. Mm-hmm. So basically, like when I was younger, like I try to take like the sciences as much as I can. Um, during summers, I would be like helping my mom in her research lab. I would be oh, dissecting that's awesome. like, yeah. Uh, ninth grade summer, I was working and dissecting Josephila melanogaster, which is.
2: I'm not I think, smart enough to remember the that.
1: the <laughs> name for fruit flies. And I don't know why I know I still know this, but I remember seeing it a billion times. It's the fruit flies. I studied fruit fly hearts. I dissected oh, wow. them, studied them. Sophomore year summer, I studied mouse like cardiac and like basically Wait, at like such
0: a young age, that's insane. Like, wow.
1: Yeah, because like basically like in the summer, like I really had like not that much to do, and because that guy motivated me, he was like I was like, "What'd you do in the summer?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I worked for this and this." And I'm like, "Dang! Like, I want to do something." My mom was like, "Oh yeah, like, I think like you can help me research in the lab with like this other guy who's doing it." And I wasn't getting paid; it was straight volunteering. Yeah. But I was like going there, and um, yeah, like they didn't let me do a lot of stuff because I was like crazy young. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I wasn't that young, but I was like young enough where they're like, "Okay, we're gonna have to teach you how to do this five times before you let you do it once." Yeah. So yeah. I was doing that in lab. <laughs> And um, I was uh, like working with um, a heart, uh, heart meters, pedometers Mm -hmm. in uh, mouses, mice. And in uh, junior year, I actually applied for a position at the National Institute of Health. And I got that. And I was working at the National Institute of Drug Abuse. And this time I was paid. I got paid $12 an hour and I thought it was beautiful. Because back then, like minimum wage was like seven, right? So I could work at McDonald's for seven hours an hour or I could, um, you know, get paid 12 by working yeah, at NIH it, it kind and of was really like cool.
0: helps your academic portfolio right I mean I don't know if you were thinking yeah. too much about that
1: but yeah no I wasn't thinking before but when I was applying to NIH I was like okay well I want to get to NYU so Yeah. <laughs>
2: um
1: and I think like um the reason why I actually didn't go to NYU is because it's too expensive for my parents but um I think like so like I was like um doing lab stuff and I remember every summer I was like I actually hated it so much. I hated working in the lab. I just really didn't like it. But I was working on it because I thought this was like necessary. You know, I yeah. thought it was like this is the only path that everyone takes. So I need to take this path too. Like yeah. everyone's doing this. Like I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was doing that, and I was like just mad. I took like AP Physics, AP Biology, AP Chemistry, SAT two, SAT subject test, Biology, Physics, Chemistry. Yeah, and um the asian standard yeah. man if you don't take those yeah yeah and, okay, uh, yeah
2: okay
0: so um i mean uh I'm, I'm assuming you did like pretty well in your sat's and everything because um
1: dude sat's oh my god so when i was in eighth grade i my mom wanted me to go to this camp that his her mom my mom's friends kids went to <laughs> and uh this camp basically you needed to take your sat to get into and basically like in eighth grade like who expects an eighth grader to know how to do an SAT? And uh, I went in there and basically like, I was so glad that they gave me some like easy questions or something. And I thought I aced it, but I actually got the worst, possibly the worst score, like, or like that, that, like I got, I'm okay. So out of 800, I remember my math, I got a 500 and my reading, I got like a 410 (laughs) and my writing, I got like a 430. So like, it was very bad. And like, I actually like didn't pass their reading like criteria and I only passed their math. And so they only let me take math classes at the camp. And when I was at the camp, I literally like, this was like the start of my like realization that I need to work harder. I met like these kids. It was called Johns Hopkins Center for Talented Youth, CTY. I met these kids who one kid got a 2330 out of 2400 on his SAT. He was in my class. We were taking a class called astrophysics. And he's in eighth grade. He's in eighth grade. And this other kid who's in seventh grade got a perfect on his SAT. And I was just like, wait, I literally got like a thirteen hundred <laughs> and these kids getting like perfect at like twenty four hundred. I was like, Am I like dumb? And they're like they're like, Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They were they were not that. They were just like I remember like um boosting up my score a little bit. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got like a two thousand like 200 you know like solid you know but i got a 1300 <laughs> so i was just so sad oh, wait, but dude, um,
0: so yeah I, I guess like my next natural question would be like why didn't you just fucking go to john hawkins i feel because i feel like your whole childhood was like surrounded yeah. Yo, by my whole, like,
1: yeah okay. my whole childhood surrounded by john hawkins but also it's because like it's so close to me yeah. that like i don't want to go somewhere where i was like i wanted to get out of my like small comfort like zone, yeah. you know Bubble. comfort zone right yeah. Um but yeah like SAT and the PSAT if you guys don't know PSAT is like the preliminary SAT that you take was such a grind for me and like I remember being so embarrassed because you get to take the PSAT twice in 10th grade and 11th grade basically in 11th grade your PSAT determines whether you get something called the National Merit semifinalist mm-hmm. and the National Merit finalist so you can get scholarships for colleges mm-hmm. and when I was in 10th grade I well I was still very dumb um i didn't know how i was just so bad at taking you know how some people are like good at taking their tests. i was the exact opposite i was at the end of that spectrum i was like the worst yeah and so i also it was at a 240 and basically like all my friends took it and i took it and i remember getting like a 160 or 170 or something like that Mm -hmm. and all my friends got like a 220 or like 210 or 230 (laughs) and like i was and uh, like i was just so embarrassed because like we were all sharing our scores. And my friends like, what'd you get? And I was like, 173. And they're like, ah, dude, yo, you're, you nah, dude. I got a 210. And I was like, dude, what? And I was just like so embarrassed. Um, because at that time I was also trying to like do well in school because I was trying to get into NYU. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I was just like, or not NYU, but just like, a, like a college. Yeah. um, yeah, basically like I was trying to do well in school and, uh, I, I started doing well in my grades and, um. I was just getting like A's and like people thought of me as like that one like Asian kid who did well on um, there weren't that many Asian kids, but I was like one of those Asian kids that well. So it's like, there's a little bit of pressure like at after like every test or every grade. And like, I know like so many kids feel this, but like, you know, when you're like, you're like, everyone knows that you're going right? to
2: get, yeah.
1: Yeah. You have like a reputation. Everyone knows that like you, Oh, you got a good score in the past. Right. So like you have to get that good score now, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like you, you have like pressure to like do well. Yeah. And so like, and the PSAT, since I did so bad, I was, like, so embarrassed. embarrassed yeah. And I was, like, studied my ass off for that. And I actually scored a 222 or something the next year. And that actually qualified me to be in the National um, Merit semifinalist. Yeah, And I actually, like, wrote another essay and got into the National Merit Finalist and was, like, offered a lot of scholarships for colleges. No, um, and awesome. SAT was also a grind. And, you know, because, like, After taking the PSC, I realized I was just bad at doing, like, standardized tests. And so I would take, like, test prep, and um, I would try my, like, hardest to, like, do well. But I just – I have an attention span of, like, a – tiktok video like dead ass like i was trying to pay attention to like the sat test and like after every multiple choice i just get like what, what am i doing right now like i should be i should be doing this is so long yeah and, um, um
0: i i guess like uh my my next question or just as like a follow-up is um uh, like what was i guess like in your senior year i mean you're you're kind of like choosing between like I would say like you've probably done a bit of research into like what type of colleges you want to. I mean you've mentioned like NYU like several times. So um, yeah, what were like I guess like the colleges you applied to, got into and what was like your decision?
1: Okay, so here's the thing. I was an NYU or bus kid freshman year and sophomore year. But when it came to junior year, yeah. like, I began to know about a lot more colleges. And I realized that NYU it wasn't sucks, the best college. Man. It's a great college, but it's not the best college, yeah. you know. And, like, and I thought I could do better, you know. Yeah, you thought, like, you're you're, you're
0: <laughs> I, like, I, key club mentor? Dude, that guy sucks, man. Like,
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but I was like, oh, my, yo, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Yep. I don't think he's ever gonna listen to this podcast, so I really yeah. hope not. But um I mean he 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 originally wanted to get into Johns Hopkins for their biomedical engineering program, which is like the best in like the nation. Yeah. But he didn't get into it. And he like went into NYU instead. Mm-hmm. And but like I didn't know that until a little bit after. Um and so like I, I was like, Oh wow, there's like like well, definitely everyone knows Harvard is the best, right? But I thought NYU was the best school I could get into, you know? Yeah, 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 Like, everyone knows, like, the best schools. But I thought, like, I was just a dumb kid. So I thought, like, NYU was the best kid, best school, like, I could get into. Like, yeah. I, I didn't even think Harvard was in my realm,
2: you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: But, like, junior year, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not doing that bad in myself. Like, I'm going to try to shoot for, like, better schools. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the things that screwed me over was because for your school rank, the difficulty of your classes – really determines your school rank mm-hmm. even if you have a 4.0 and my biggest regret and my mom's biggest regret was when I first came into high school she didn't know how like any of this worked so she put me in classes that she thought were fun by fun oh. I mean like very easy art classes yeah or very easy like classes that like basically like destroyed my ranking even though I got A's in them because like they weren't as difficult as other classes that yeah, other it people it got like used, normalizes right? across the nation like yeah Yeah. so basically like i even though i had a 4.0 and i i took 19 ap's by the way i tried taking as many ap's as i could i just couldn't get my class rank to be high enough where i knew i was like good enough to be rank one but i wasn't rank one and i was just like so sad when i was a junior because i was like i worked so hard you know because like junior years also when they came out with school rankings and i was like i worked so hard for this like i 'm just so sad but I was just like okay since I work so hard I can't give up mm-hmm. um I'm like gonna try my best to uh you know get into as good of a college as I can um and you know did all of those things um became I like a few other positions I held in key club was lieutenant governor and also president
2: mm-hmm.
1: um I became like I gotta work for like best like one of like like outstanding uh, lieutenant governor and also got the word for my school when I was president for mm-hmm. most improved club of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I basically was applying to colleges um, during my senior year. And uh, during my senior year, I was basically like, you know, like after I get that NIH, I was putting as much as I can into my Common App. And I think the thing that like stumbled me the most was my um, Common App essay. And I think I wasn't genuine enough, and I could have been a lot more genuine. And I feel like if I was more genuine, I could definitely get into a better school. But, like, no regrets. I love the school like like I went to now. Um, but I feel like – but I actually transferred school. So, like, I feel like I could have gotten into a better school
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, if I was more genuine. But everyone was talking about, like, oh, you have to write about something unique. And I had nothing unique. But I didn't realize, like, you know, like, possibly the things I was doing was – unique to other people like they weren't unique to me but they were so unique to other people but i didn't realize that
0: naturally to you right like that's kind of just you just felt like you know this is like a lot of people are like in my position you know around the world yeah Yeah. i
1: just felt like everyone was the same as me like asian kid did this did this like straight a's like everyone there's no way i'm gonna get into colleges with this like like competition going around yeah you know and um i probably should have made it more genuine but i was talking about specific things that like I didn't really invest a lot of my time into, but they were like, that I thought were super unique. And um, so I applied, and my early decision school, my dream was University of Pennsylvania uh-huh. uh, and one of their programs called the Fisher, Jerome Fisher. Yeah, my, and, uh, uh, my little
0: cousin got into that actually.
1: The Wait, the Jerome engineering
0: Fisher? And business, right?
1: Are you serious? Yeah, she got in. Yeah. Holy. Okay, your little cousin, the one that goes to Princeton? Yeah.
0: She was the same
2: between
1: the two. Your little cousin's a genius, dude. What? That 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 thing is so hard to get into. Like, I heard it's like even harder to get into the MIT. Um, it's because the program is just so insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your your sister is actually a genius. But uh, like, cousin. I I'm not that smart. I oh your cousin, yeah. little cousin. I just did not get into early decision, and UPenn basically waitlisted me for my early decision, and then after being a waitlisted, then they denied me so I was just so sad like why couldn't they just go now? it's like when a girl says I'll think about it and then after coming back a week later she's like you know what give me another week to think about it and then she says no like don't we know in the beginning yeah man. that's
2: true yeah
1: like like for the whole week like you've been giving her flowers you've been like doing all these stuff like I was giving you pen like letters of like continued interest I was doing other stuff showing them how like I was improving and yeah. they're just like nah I'm like dude
2: really yeah oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I, I know about that program. Okay, so I, I guess, like, what were your, uh, like, other like, I guess, schools that you were interested in? Yeah,
2: so,
1: so um, I was interested in, like, um, I, I knew I could, I didn't apply to Stanford, I didn't apply to MIT, I didn't apply to, like, some top colleges, but I got waylisted at Harvard, waylisted at Yale. Waitlist um, waitlist is just so mean. Just yeah, I just don't. Yeah, it's like a... I, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but uh, I um, got waylisted at Duke, I actually played to Duke in the beginning. I waitlisted, and um, I got into Vanderbilt, Carnegie Mellon, Emory, UCLA, Berkeley. Uh, Damn,
0: dude, those are some top talks, lot man. Of, you had a tough decision.
1: Tough. Uh, Michigan. Um, Wait, you have a yeah some Georgetown, tough decision. Georgia Tech. Yeah, I played a bunch of schools that were like like in the middle, like not like top ten, but like like, top 20, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, I, I like, th- this one was really sad for me. I got, like, waitlisted by Cornell Engineering.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and uh, I, 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 like, wanted to go to Cornell because I didn't get into UPenn. Um, so, I didn't get into Cornell. And, um, actually, like, always, you know how, like, you watch on YouTube when people would have, like, this, you know, like, oh, like, crying, like, oh, my God, the, my kid got, right? got into prison, my kid got into Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, stuff like that. Yeah. But, I'm so sad because I never got that, you know, experience, experience because I, you know, got rejected from my dream school and got rejected from the schools that I wanted to go into. Yeah. And my regret was that like, I felt like I tried harder than the regular people like trying for these. Not, mm-hmm. not really. Cause there's a lot of smart people. Right. But I felt like I tried so hard to get into like, like a, a good school that like, I just like, just failed. You know, I feel like I failed.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, and, it's, um, it's something that like, you kind of look back on and there's a lot of like what ifs in life you know what i mean yeah like you know what if i was maybe in like um quotations or like you know hypothetical like another high school that might be like yeah for sure you know, private bad. high school exactly maybe ifs. my counselor
1: like exactly yeah no for sure
0: um but, um, but i mean you kind of just have to get, like uh like i mean that's kind of like the past right like you kind of just have to like learn from that experience and i mean uh like now i mean like that we've i think a lot more mature about the stuff like uh you can still make like um you, like you, you're still like yourself as in you um dictate your future you know what i mean like sure right. you could go to like Stanford and stuff and sure maybe uh statistically you know a lot of people from stanford come out and they get dream jobs or amazing jobs but it like you know even if you went to like um, a different school like you could still do the same if you like work just as hard right and that's right
1: for sure for yeah. sure um yeah so i just uh, like speed it up a little bit um i chose vanderbilt in the end and i remember when i got the vanderbilt acceptance like vanderbilt was like rank 50 at the time uh-huh. and like my parents like didn't care too much about rank but like my friends did so i cared about rank yeah. and um like vanderbilt was like like i i didn't know it was this, like i didn't know like like I just didn't know what kind of school it was. And when I got in, my parents didn't even know what school it was. They didn't even know it was a school. So it, was, it wasn't like, oh, my God, congrats. It like, I, okay. I don't even know where like, it is on the map. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I don't even yeah, – yeah, it's in Tennessee. But, oh, um, yeah, so, like, got into Vanderbilt. But because, like, I told you, like, I thought I could do better than – like, failed. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I could do better than Vanderbilt. And I was always just like, oh, man, like, like I feel like I don't belong here. You were excited. Um, but also like... – yeah, I wasn't excited, but I really had an amazing freshman year, and the people that I met was like amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So like that was like a really deep part of my memory. Um, but like I was also a kid who I felt like could have like met a lot better people if I like branched out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So basically, like you, like I, my roommate, um, he was this Korean dude, and he was like amazing. Like I actually really like envy him. and He's like such an amazing guy. Yeah. But he would go out with like we had a hall. You go out with their whole Hollywood party and I'm really jealous because I wished I went partying with them and I wish I like took that chance but I didn't I didn't make the most of what I had Um, but what I did do was I decided to go out of my bounds um, boundaries or out of my box by doing stuff like um in college I was part of like um the computer science club and I was part of um the k-pop group and go by going out of my bounds I meant like I was I did a girls dance for Vanderbilt K-pop and it was called What a Man by IOI yeah. and it's still on YouTube. Um, dude, that's it's awesome. Just, oh I so embarrassing. Dude, yeah, I, I, got, I was like, you, you I never do a You got sent to me
0: afterwards. afterwards. Oh but, my God. Dude, um, yeah, so no, bad. I, I mean, it, it sounded like you had an amazing experience at like Vanderbilt, right? Like, I mean... Um, I had a
1: great one, but the people that I was around hated the school. And when you're around people that constantly hate the school, you want to get the fuck out.
0: Yeah, it's like a... It, it also kind of brings you like into a... A different mindset, you know what I mean? It's kind of like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, um, that's that's interesting. And I, I guess, like, I mean, you were you probably still super hardworking in your freshman year of college, still, yeah, with the yeah, pre med, sure. still, dream, comes side, right?
1: I mean, still pre med, yeah, yeah pre
0: med dream. I mean, I, I was doing, I, I can yeah. imagine, like, the labs are like absolutely brutal, but you also had like a pretty good or like a well balanced friend group and like social life. Um, I guess, um, during that time. Was there still a kind of like a lingering thought like, oh, you know, maybe it's still possible to like transfer to like another school
1: that you might
0: have like a bit more pride or like, I I just like something that you you just enjoy. I think the
1: pride is like a lot of transfer students feel like, oh, I like, I didn't feel good. I wasn't proud to be at my school. You know, I didn't feel confident at my school. like And that was, you want to wear like your school's
0: like hoodie with pride, right? Like, you know, like how, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Like I, I didn't wear my school with pride, and I mean that that like people do, and like, like I really appreciate those people. Mm -hmm. But because like I tried so hard in high school, I felt like I just could have done better. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was what I didn't wear with pride. And also, Vanderbilt wasn't really like a like a, um, like a school where like I vibe with a lot of people. I think there was a lot more institutionalized racism in that school, Mm -hmm. and I just don't want to go talking about that. Um, but basically, what happened was. Um, I think one of my friends told me about him transferring and like very few people transferred and I like just like thought about it And I actually did it on my own without telling my parents like I paid for all the application fees and I applied for a few places for transfer and uh, what actually happened was like I applied to like I think ten again and again they Waitlist me and then reject me later on. So like, why would you do it twice?
0: Dude, it's the but, um, elusive girl, man.
1: <laughs> you pen It's the elusive girl, man. You, yeah, you pen. <laughs> uh fuck. but um, yeah, I also applied to Duke, and I also applied to um Cornell. Wow. I didn't apply to Cornell. I applied to like, I can't remember what other school I applied to. Um, oh, well, let me think. <laughs> I can't remember. It's oh, like, Columbia. I played oh, okay. Columbia. Yeah. I played Columbia. So I played Columbia transfer. Um, so what happened was that Duke, Columbia, UPenn, um, and I didn't really tell my friends because I didn't tell – I don't want them to just know that, like, I was trying to transfer, right? Yeah. I wanted them to still know, like, I was here. Um, and I was applying to those places, and, you know, UPenn got back to me, waylisted me, and rejected me. I was so dejected. I was like, you know what? I'm going to love Vanderbilt, you know? I'm going to love this place. <laughs> and I, but, uh, Columbia rejected me. I was like, "Yep, already like we already set our block like for next year. This is how we're living. I'm living with all my friends. It's gonna be amazing." <laughs> I was happy, right? Yeah. I didn't even think Venerable would, Duke would accept me because Duke's acceptance rate is three percent for their transfer program. Yeah, is like, a lot harder, were,
0: right? Like in general,
2: I don't see it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Everyone was on this thing called college confidential, and when Duke came out, like I didn't know when they came out, but like, like they came out with rolling. So like when other people came out. Like basically like everyone got rejected on like college confidential. Like there was no single accepted, you know? Mm -hmm. So I basically was like that at that point I was like, guys, like I can't wait till sophomore year at Vanderbilt. We're going to have so much fun. Like we're going to do that. I'm going to like do this and we're going to do this. And um, I actually didn't know I got into Duke until they sent me an email saying you have 24 hours to decide if you still want to go and make your deposit. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, Bro, like, you, like, where's my email saying I got in? Like, why, 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 are you sending me emails saying I have twenty? Yeah, where, where's Bye. like my Duke swag, man? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I, apparently missed the email where they said I got accepted, um, because like I was just I don't know I, I, I thought it was like one of those emails where like colleges give you saying like oh thanks for applying you know like <laughs> you know how like once you, you apply to school and they're like thanks for applying now here's newsletters about our school and more information about our school. <clears throat> yeah i thought it was one of those spam mails um so i got in and i told my best friend at the time um like yo my best friend at vanderbilt at the time like yo i got into duke and i was shaking like that almost felt like a you know one of those like Uh, like crying moments yeah like the yeah
2: celebration.
1: i was like so freaking not really happy but like so shook like it seemed like a miracle, like some school like Duke would accept me mm-hmm. Um, because I got so rejected so many times when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And um like I got in and my room, like also as a transfer and I actually got, okay, I applied to the engineer school and like not as a flex, but a little bit as a flex. They only accepted six people to their engineering school oh, <laughs> as shit. transfers. That so was like insane. Why not the six um, man. And, and, uh, I told my, and okay, I just wrote that letter about computer science. And that was when like, I was thinking about doing computer science uh-huh. because like, I, I just thought like, maybe I can get into Duke writing about something else besides premed because I wrote about premed for everything.
2: Yeah.
1: I did that. Um, and I told my friend like, oh, like I got into Duke and he's like, yo, get the fuck out of Vanderbilt, man. And I'm like, dude, but you guys are here. You know, I was already excited to be with them because we're yeah. all living together. And he's yeah. like, I do not care whether we're here. Like, we're always going to be here. You deserve better. You should Dude, get the that, fuck out no, of here. No,
0: that, that's actually amazing. <laughs> um, as, like, a friend, like, yeah, I, I think, like,
2: yeah.
0: like that's when you know, like, you know, you're with, like, a great group of people, right? It's, like, where they they want the best for you, and, yeah, I mean, just, like, you, you'll see them, and, like, you guys will still be friends. It's just, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely still friends with them, you know? I actually just talked to them today, but, um, like, yeah, like, we see the, we, I see them every year, Um, but after that, like, I put in my... Note put in my notice that I accepted and um told my parents. And my parents were like confused, they're like, Wait, we love Vanderbilt already! Like, you don't need a chance for it. <laughs> <And laughs> really, like, buy no, your swag, I man. Yeah, <laughs> no, my mom literally bought a thing that said Vanderbilt mom. And I'm like, Dude, dude, just throw it away. Throw it away. <laughs> um, Damn. and uh, dude, that's, yeah, that's so an amazing, they're like,
0: Holy shit, like, I mean, like, just. Just like hearing this from a, a third perspective, right? It was a long journey for
1: you. I, I, I feel was, like yeah, it was quite. Dude, I've had so many different experiences. Like also at Duke, you know, like mm-hmm. I could, you know, I should have started making a day in the life of a Vanderbilt student. I could have done day in the life of a Vanderbilt student. Then I could have done day in the life of a Duke student. Day in the life of a transfer student. I could have done so. I could have been popping off on YouTube, but instead I didn't do YouTube back then. <laughs> Man, I'm so sad.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So but, uh, I, I guess like yeah. let's let's move on to I guess more of your uh, I guess more recent era of your life, right? Which is essentially yeah, you um you transferred to Duke, I guess, um uh, I believe this is your sophomore year of college. Yeah. And then um, yeah. I mean I, I still believe you were a bit still like pre med in this stage, but
1: yeah, eventually but summer, yeah. Yeah, in the summer I was still doing um pre-med in lab and i only applied to duke for comp site because i thought i couldn't get in anywhere as a Mm pre-med for some reason so i actually applied to engineering school and duke actually doesn't have computer science in their engineering school and they have it in their like regular school which i thought was a bit unique um but i just like started in chemical engineering which is what i had done at vanderbilt and um i actually switched into computer science from like like meeting like these people who were in comp sci Mm -hmm. and like talking to people because like i i i had this like dilemma where like i didn't really like doing med stuff because i hated the lab and like everyone was like you should do something that you like college is where you're supposed to explore blah 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 and i was like maybe i need to explore something else you know Mm -hmm. so i thought about comp sci and uh i was just so bad at comp sci i like hated i was so bad at it and i was like i can't do this and i was like (laughs) all right like I don't know, like I was trying to do other stuff like consulting or like investment banking and, and I was talking to a huge amount of people and like, you know, investing bank people were like, yeah, like dude, the money's not worth, like it's so hard. The money's not worth, like you're not going to be happy. Like, I, I don't know if it's true, but but the people that I talk to, they're like, yeah, like they were flexing on me too. They're like, I make this much amount of money, but like, I'm not happy, you know, like you're going to work all the time. And uh, I think investment banking is for the exit opportunities now. So, like, for those of you doing investment banking, like, you, you like exit option is going to be amazing. You're going to love it. Um, but I had a bad time, like, talking to people who are investment banking. Yeah. And then talking to people who are, in, like, pre-med, they're just like, yeah, you have to go through, like, a bunch of years. But then, like, a lot of people burn out in medical school. So, you might not even be a doctor. And, like, a lot of people switch out. Like, a huge amount of percentage of people switch out. And I was like, ah, like, I'm so scared. Right? And, like, commsite people were like, yeah, like, okay. um, so, <laughs> some of them were like chilling right um they're, they're, like three different types of people some of them were like don't have jobs like nerds like i like i love Compsai, i code it every day i was like oh i can't do that you know i need like more like human interaction yeah. and then some of them were like yeah they're just chilling they're like thinking about Compsai, thinking about other stuff and a group of them this group they were the ones working for like airbnb and facebook mm-hmm. and they were like oh yeah like yeah i like they show off their swag and they're like, Yeah, I worked for Airbnb last summer. And um the stickers like yeah, the I got laptops,
0: right? Like
1: Yeah, and like and like, yeah, it's so chill. Yeah, you know, like it comes like so chill and like the people the people are amazing. Like I love the people, I love the tech space. Like I just like love, you know, like the perks they give me, you know, the money and also like, you know, just like improving like making new things. Like I wanna be CEO, like I want to be, like, a manager, and I'll, I thought that was, like, really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after they showed me how much they made at um, these companies, but um, also for the fact that, like, th- they said they were happy and they had, like, a really good work-life balance, apart from those investment banking people who are also making a lot, but, um, you know, like, just weren't happy. Yeah. Um,
0: I, and, I, like... I, I, I guess, like, you... So, I'm, through these conversations, you you kind of, like, decide to take more of a... Like, you, you, you want to explore this a bit deeper, right? Um yeah yeah and i i guess like um but before we jump into like kind of um uh, meeting like our mutual friends and stuff i i, I do want to i guess um do your duke experience like a bit more justice so you know when you were at duke and stuff like were there any kind of clubs that you joined or um yeah. just like the people you met like friend groups and stuff that oh, really yeah. made that mm-hmm. duke experience kind of <laughs> something that you were very prideful of and, and something that you were very like you know like this was a great experience, and I will, like, never kind of change
1: this for, like, anything. Holy crap, this is going to be long. So I'm trying to figure out a way to shorten this as much as possible. No, no, we, we, we can keep um, going
0: as as long as you feel is, like, necessary. Because this is your story. Like, I, I want to capture all of this, like, yeah.
1: Right. I think there's a lot of parts to it. Um, Yeah, so in Duke, basically when I first transferred, right? You mm-hmm. know, like, you're the transfer student. Like, you don't know anyone. There's literally only, like, 30 of us the 30 of us Mm -hmm. and uh i was so scared i was gonna have no friends and so what Mm -hmm. i did was i my friend was like yeah like you meet people through partying and i was like all right take me to a party first party i ever went to first day at duke
0: oh so you already had friends like um at duke like before you transferred like
1: I had no, no, those, those were my transfer people that I met. Oh, so okay, basically like the transfer, we had transfer orientation, right? Yeah, yeah. So first day at Duke transfer orientation, they were like, yo, like, like we're all going to this party, you know? And like, I was just like, uh, yeah. I, I forced myself to go. Cause yeah. like I had made make some friends and um, yeah, basically like, I also didn't know some people who were at Duke at the time, some people from like my neighboring high school mm-hmm. and uh, they'd helped a little bit too, but like transfer school students, like first time, like we went to a party. I got drunk for like the first time at a party mm-hmm. it felt like raw you know it felt unique yeah and so we just partied for like a whole week and um uh, yeah for all <laughs> orientation and uh met some cool people and i remember back then at parties like i would right now at parties like i go in there and like i just chill with my like homies right i chill with friends back then i had no friends so i was like talking to random people <laughs> i was like going in there and be like yo what's up what are you doing like like oh how, how's your night been like yeah. something like that yeah Dude, back then I had so much more balls than now, dude. I feel like my balls got smaller, but um, just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. back then I was just like talking to a lot of people, and um, like my transfer friends I think like like encompass like one part of my like friend group when oh. I was back then, mm-hmm. and also my roommate, and um, my roommate was really amazing, and also like my my sophomore year like I was that transfer guy, so it was like really hard making friends, um, because like you're a transfer and like people already like sophomore year sort of have like their own like friend groups and it's like i just was like embarrassed to try to like like i don't want anyone thinking like i'm trying to like force myself into their friend groups right yeah so i never really tried but i feel like i could have done it because i feel like i was just like embarrassed for no reason i feel like people want people in their friend groups but i just thought like they they're like all, all happy with their friend groups and they don't want other people so yeah, i yeah. never it's, it's really definitely tough as a like
0: transfer student because i think like a lot of people may, may already have like, established like friend groups you know during their freshman year right just with like everything
1: going on yeah for sure so like i i I try to join a bunch of like um groups as possible you know just to like make friends and i Mm -hmm. joined um asian introversity which is their asian christian fellowship Mm -hmm. i joined dcd and it was an audition it was a dance audition Mm -hmm. do chinese dance and the only reason I was able to join is because I dragged this other kid to audition with me because I was embarrassed <laughs> to audition alone. And other kid is like one of my really good friends at Duke. Um, yeah. He's he's been he's been with me since like my day one there, yeah. and uh, I really I really do like that guy a lot. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I also joined like um, like uh, I can't. Oh, I joined like um, like this computer science club called Duke Tech Innovators. Mm-hmm. So I joined as much as anything as possible because like I wanted to make the most. Out of it that i can because i already missed a year you know it's yeah, like catch yeah. up game you know yeah like you have like you know when you're like catching up drinking um you know you got to take so many shots an hour i was like taking so many like like different like tryouts opportunities, other stuff. yeah exactly yeah opportunities and i was already late to a lot of them and um i did get rejected i got rejected from dsp which is the uh <clears throat> the ec- economics one uh yeah. not economics like the uh, investment banking slash consulting one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just trying out a lot of stuff that wasn't even in my realm. Um, and um, yeah, so I was doing a lot of that. And I'm still in a uh, Duke uh, Duke Chinese dance. Mm-hmm. But the next year after that, I saw like these amazing K-pop people do K-pop dancing, and I tried out for K-pop dance. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in the K-pop group called Putin. Mm-hmm. They're really popular now. Like they're super popular, and they're amazing people. And um they're just like absolutely amazing dancers, amazing people, and same for Duke Chinese Dance. Um, I really like enjoy and like love being with those guys. Um, but it was like sophomore year. If you if you want to talk about how I met like the Canadians, <laughs> sophomore year I got this internship because I was trying to get for in, get internships, and getting that internship was a long ass story too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> basically, I switched to computer. I I didn't switch yet. I was still pre med. Mm-hmm. But, like, I want to see what computer science is like because I just didn't really like it at school that much, you know. Yeah. I thought it was, like, okay. Like, it wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I like, tried to get an internship. And um, I was trying to get an internship. And I basically, like, was so lucky to get an I was definitely not qualified mm-hmm. because I was so bad. But I got super lucky. And it's, like, one thing that, like, you know, you just see in life as, like, like, you got lucky, right? I got lucky. Um, and also, like, the... <laughs> Um, I got accepted and I actually accepted it because like, they, like, I remember I was like, they were asking me like, yo, how much do you uh, want to get paid at Nordstrom? And, um, uh, I was like, um, maybe like 22 an hour. I thought that was like <laughs> a diet, you know? And they're like, yeah, what 40 an hour. And I was just like, what? 40? It's like, how's that even possible? And I was so shook. And then the guy was like, Yeah, you know what? You interns get so much stuff, and you get this free housing. And I was like, "Wait, what? I get free housing too?"
2: And I was so like, "What the fuck?"
1: Um, Yeah. yeah, So, so so, uh,
0: essentially, I guess um, for for Ray's like like this part of the story is essentially where he was trying to um, I guess think more about the Comsa area, and then uh, essentially got his first internship at Northrop Technologies as a software engineer for a summer i think your sophomore year right and um this is kind of like where you met um i guess our mutual friends and i guess this is where we kind of like i guess you started hanging out with um i guess most of them so i I guess like what was that um time like where it's essentially
1: dude i think my okay i think that summer was top easily top five best summers of my life easily like top three actually Usually top three best summers of my life. Like, dead ass, like, I came into Vanderbilt. I mean, I came into Nordstrom that year. And, like, you know, Seattle, like, you know, I was so amazing. It was, like, a whole new city. Like, I just... Seattle was amazing. Everyone told me about Seattle. And I was, like, they gave you housing, too. I was, like, oh, my God, this is so hype. I was taking videos of my, like, room showing it off to my friends. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I think one of the things that like I tried to do was like oh like I was like during my orientation I was trying to talk to people and I had a roommate too so that roommate like didn't really talk to me um he just really liked doing VR so he was doing his VR thing like 24 7 like whenever he got home Mm -hmm. but um I during the orientation I was talking to uh, like other people and I actually like 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 really hard because like I just wanted to meet people like I thought Seattle was just like whole new world of possibilities. It's like I went into Narnia, dude. I yeah. literally felt like I stumbled into Narnia, um, and I was just like, like I was just like that. By, the guy that like I saw anything outside in Seattle, I was just like, oh my god, like this is so cool. Like, oh my god, they have signs at stores. Oh my god, this, I was like that guy, um, and uh, yeah. So like I remember like during orientation, I sat next to this guy, and uh, his name is Billy. And Billy so, like, Liu what happened was that...
0: to Billy Liu. Uh, he was also a guest here <laughs> on one of my podcast episodes. Anyways, go on.
1: Yeah, so basically, I talked to this guy, and um, he said, he, like, I literally... It was, like, it was so hard to talk to him at first, because, like, I, I had to, like, carry the conversation. You know, like, in... Um, <laughs> basically, I was carrying... I was, like, heavy carrying the conversation. <laughs> like, I was carrying a heavy giant... Sh- like, carrying the game 23-0 for Shaco, man. Yeah. the conversation, basically like he, I was asking like, Oh, music tastes, like what music do you like? And he was like, Oh yeah, I listened to these two artists and I had no idea who those two artists was. So I was just like, Oh yeah, I listened to them too. And like I remember in line to the restroom or something, I looked at the two artists and I was like, Yo, do you listen to the song by the artist? he's like, Oh yeah And I was like, dude <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it was photo. oh
2: my god. So. <laughs>
1: I was like I was like trying so hard because he was sitting next to me during orientation and orientation was like a whole day so yes. like he's sitting on the whole time. I was asking about like his life. and he was like oh, yeah I'm like 22 or something Yeah, and um, I remember him talking about like how you went to UBC I thought he went to Berkeley the whole time <laughs> for like a while <laughs> yeah. and then he's like yeah I'm, I thought he was like a Canadian guy that went to Berkeley. Yeah, and then he's like oh, yeah I went to University of British Columbia. Uh, I, I think later he told me like oh, yeah, British Columbia yeah. And I was like, British Columbia? British? British? You're from Britain? Britain? And I, he was like, no, it's in Canada, dumbass. It <laughs> like, exactly what? like Billy, oh my god. No. Yeah. And, um, basically, like, yeah, like, uh, it was so hard carrying the conversation. Um, I was like, Oh, this guy really doesn't want to talk to me. But then, like, I kept pestering him, I feel like. He was like, oh yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, I got in this company and, like, that was really dope. Like, I'm trying to work here full-time, like, it's my internship. And I was like, I think maybe he didn't want to talk to me because he's a lot older than me. I was literally 19 or something. Yeah. And he was like 22. And I maybe he didn't want to talk to me because he was older than me. Yeah. Um, but I'm so glad I kept pestering his ass. And I was like following him around too. And like right after the orientation, I was like, yo, where are you going? And he's like, oh, yeah, I might do this. And because we all the Nordstrom interns live in the same building, yeah. right? So like we all like just like n- it's not that we all hanged out. But like the first day I was like, yo, like Billy, like you doing anything? Like like you want to grab dinner or something? And He's like, oh, yeah, I might be doing like something with like some of my friends right yeah and um i was just like and basically like he was like yo i i don't remember if he asked me if i want if i wanted to join or if i asked him like can i join yeah yeah. one of those but that i i think changed my life like a little bit (laughs) because that's the time that he took me to meet tina and jack yeah yeah and i remember seeing tina i was like because i always thought like I, I thought Jack and Tina were like the rich Chinese couple where like the, the girl was like asking like him to buy her stuff. Cause we were at like a fucking like
0: You weren't rich, wrong. Expensive store. I would say I would say that was uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> And I was literally like, oh Tina's probably Jack's girlfriend, but she was really cute. So I did, I was just I was just like holding back on flirting No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't even flirting with her at all. I was just like hi. I was just embarrassed, you know? I was yeah, just like yeah. nervous. I was just like hi and then there's and the Tina was like hi. And I was like, I can't, I can't do her accent, but it was, like, very interesting. It's <laughs> very, like, gangster, like, you know what I mean? It's like, a yeah, gangster yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I met Jack, and then they're, they're just like, oh, like, we're getting dinner, or something like that. So then we go and get dinner, and that's when I met, like, these Canadian, and they were all from Canada, and I was like, wait, like, you're Asian from Canada. <laughs> like, what? Like that's so cool, you know? Like I never met people who were from Canada before. And they're like, Yeah, we're from Canada. Like, there's a lot of people in Canada, especially Asian people. And I'm like, oh my god, like really there's Asian people from Canada? Because I thought it was like I always thought like Canadians were like like French or like they spoke French or like they're like they're like countryside, like really nice, like white people. I always thought they were really nice white people, just like nicer version <laughs> yeah. of America. Yeah. Just nice white people. I didn't even know they're Asians. So I was like, dang, like, like where's university of british columbia that's so cool Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then like they were talking to me and like like the next day i just remember like oh like billy like you're gonna work like oh like who's your guy and like just like every day i would ask billy to hang out like i was like yo you working out and he's like oh yeah like i work out at this place and i was like yo like can we work out together you know yeah and then like the jack joined in so it'll be us three working out every single day at like 24 hour fitness yeah and uh we just like hung out, you know, every single day, like I am so grateful for this. Like every day, like after work, we would get dinner and we would explore the city. That's and funny. I just remember dragging Billy to do a bunch of things yeah. <laughs> like, cause I, I'm one of those guys that like, I love doing like spontaneous, like adventurous things. Mm-hmm. And I remember dragging Billy to do some things, but then sometimes he would have his like Canadian friends over. And then like, I would meet more and more of his Canadian friends. And like, I remember like some of my friends came over to Seattle too. So I would in- introduce Billy to them, yeah. and I remember Billy meeting this guy named Stephen,
2: yeah.
1: who he became friends with later on. Um, and then like um, like we smoked together because Billy was over twenty one and could get <laughs> weed, and I wasn't. Uh, yeah. So uh, I did not smoke, by the way. I was yeah. very wholesome. Did not smoke. Billy smoked, and I watched them, and yeah. that was it. Yeah. That's all that was to it. <laughs> and me, um,
0: just, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, um, we were, like, having fun. I remember having two fakes, um, mm-hmm. and basically, like, like the fakes did not work. Like, I got the fakes just for Seattle, and the fakes didn't work. And I'm just, like, really glad, like, that, like, Billy, like, stayed, like, back, and we would do stuff instead of going to, like, clubbing because, yeah. like, I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, um, yeah, like, they, they didn't go. And, like, we would just, like, hang out all the time. And like, so we did so many things like, like, I don't remember like the timeline of what we did, but like some of the things that we did were, um, we like Tina took us to a rave for the first time. I rolled, rolled, did not roll. I, I, it was like a stud. I didn't feel rolling, but I went to a rave in Vancouver. So we drove up to Vancouver, met a whole bunch of people. Um, we met like, I met Aaron and like Deborah from yeah. like this experience and like so many new people we raved and we came back and we went to block party and we like went to concerts and um you know like all that amazing stuff um you know i like i met more of their friends like we just like just bonded really tightly and i like really liked them because they were so like genuine and kind you know they're like Mm -hmm. people who like really like like it's just like different from the asians that i sort of met they're like the asians that i wish i grew up with or like the california asians you know yeah, yeah like the asians i wish i grew up with yeah. um because they were so, like such nice and they understand asian values you know like yeah. i grew up with a bunch of like whitewashed asians so i was like oh man um yeah. and i also like i think a part of me that it really explained that's like a huge part of my life is like i'm a huge asian american activist
2: mm-hmm.
1: like i really love promoting asian activism and like i just oh, I, okay. it, like really yeah. entices me and um but like, I could, I guess, like in Canada, it's like not really as big. So I didn't really talk to those people about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I didn't, I could not have had a better summer experience. Like, every time I go to, back to like Seattle or like the two times I went back, it's so nostalgic. Yeah. Like, it's just such an amazing and happy <laughs> summer that like I was just smiling like every day because I got to see Billy or I got to see Jack or like something happened. And like, you know, like the, it was just amazing. Yeah, like, for sure. I, made like such and like it was actually through an experience where like i realized like i was so happy with friends that like i realized that like some of my friends at duke were like not really good friends you know mm -hmm. like some people were just not really good friends because i was so happy with like being with jack and billy and like deborah and aaron you know yeah Yeah, it was just i was just having yeah it was a really good time yeah Um, and and it was
0: actually like um yeah i i've I mean, just from the same friend group. Um, we, like, like, we always talk about that summer. Just, we always, like, reflect back to, like, a lot of, like, the funny moments. Unfortunately, I was, I wasn't there that summer. Um, during the internship yeah, there. I don't know what you were doing. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I was, um, uh, I don't even remember. I think I was, like, doing, like, an internship somewhere else. But anyways, I, I, I know, like, I've, like, I've heard, like, these stories a lot. And, yeah, it was just, like, an amazing time for all of you guys. And I was, like, super happy to, like, hear about this. I remember... That's somewhere afterwards, right? Where, you know, I, I used to room with, um... I used to, like, live with Jack and stuff. And, yeah, he would be like, oh, yeah, we met...
1: Oh, you cycle. live with Jack?
0: Yeah, well, uh, I, I lived with Jack before he went to, um... Before he went to, um seattle for his internship oh so it was a year before but but i mean obviously we we connected once he came back up uh, like i mean because just because we're we're pretty close friends and yeah he would be like oh yeah we we met some like pretty cool people in seattle like you know there's this guy named ray and he's like thinking about um coming to visit us during winter break or like you know and then uh yeah that was when you i think what came over and like you you visited vancouver right which is awesome yeah yeah and then uh yeah keep going
1: I just want to say, like, one thing that, like, I think I highly, like, didn't point out Mm -hmm. was that, like, I think, like, they, like, really, like, Jack and, like, um, Billy really motivated me to, I also met David that year, too. Mm -hmm. Jack, David, Billy really motivated me to, like, work harder and, like, get Facebook, and I actually did it because, like, they were, like, always there talking about it and, like, um, like they, 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 I, I think like I contribute like 50% of my motivation to get like a really good working at a really good tech company was because of them.
0: No, it's, it's, it's definitely a hundred percent the people that you, you kind of vibe with. Right. And I I think like yeah. similarly, I've actually always been very blessed and fortunate to know these friends as well. And I think like, like a lot of my life, I, I kind of, uh, credit that towards just, amount of luck when it comes to just meeting people and making these type of friendships and and definitely like you know billy david jack they're a huge part of that i think like clarence as well you know um someone else who you might not have met yet but is an amazing i have not met yeah yeah
1: i wish i i I was gonna meet all of you for edc and i was so fucking excited but Fuck this COVID, man
0: yeah so um yeah so i mean that summer was great and i i believe uh, you came to visit, uh, at, at this time, I still haven't, like, known you yet in person. I haven't yeah. met you yet in person, but, um, I've, I've definitely, like, heard your name, like, go around and that you're, like, an awesome person, that, you know, you're super good looking, uh... What?
2: Dude, who said,
1: <laughs> dude, who said that, man? Yeah, I'm like, Dude, Jack probably did just to make all the girls run away from you, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, when you increase the girls' expectations, they're gonna be like, wait, this guy actually fucking ugly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then um so i remember yeah uh i think a bunch of them they were planning like, a korea trip and you were going to be there because i think uh you were going on exchange right um uh, yeah yeah so yeah. i i mean that, that was like a huge experience for you as well but um yeah i i guess uh yeah you you just you went on like, a grad trip with them to um korea uh i like the reason why i didn't go is because i actually already did like a grad korea trip with a few friends like two months before that trip so uh, oh dude yeah (laughs) but uh no it was like uh like I I heard like you know you guys had like a lot of fun um and everything and it it was actually I think you were you were still in um like you were still on exchange and it was when um at this time like David Kwong uh, who I believe mm. you met during the Korea trip.
1: Oh, he, I met David Kwong, too. No, I, I met David Kwong in Seattle. Oh, in Seattle, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But um, essentially, uh, you know, I, I was planning like a pretty big kind of like a trip uh, to like just around Asia. And then um, because he had like nothing to do, he was like thinking of the same thing. So we kind of like tagged along. And um, essentially, yeah, this is where I met you uh for the very first time in person was... Mm when you were on exchange in Hong Kong.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it was like... Oh my god, I remember this.
0: Dude, I I remember this so clearly as well because um i've i've heard stuff about you right about like oh
2: know, <laughs> how much oh, energy dude.
0: and how social you were and uh I, I, this, i'm putting this as a very, like a very nice way but <laughs> yeah like yeah like a lot of energy you're always down to do stuff you're extremely sociable and essentially like, you you were like kind of like us like you know what i mean just um mm. like one of the boys and uh yeah i remember uh I met up with you because uh, I think you were in contact with uh, David Kwong. And when we met up with you, you were like, yo, um, I got to like, you had to like go to, like meet up with a friend or something. so like, yo, like come along. And I remember we came along with you and I think your friend was doing her nails or something and, like, um, Oh, dude, yes!
1: Oh, yeah. my and God. And you were kind of,
0: like, showing us, like, the, I guess, like, the old HK, because this part wasn't part of, like, the island. Uh, so there's, like, yeah. like, the old HK, and you took us around, like, the ladies' market and stuff like that, and then, um... At night, like... We, we went clubbing and this was like multiple nights by the way. Uh, and I remember thinking <laughs> and telling David Kwan, like, dude, this guy actually has so much energy, like, this guy's so young. Like, to clubbing to like 5 a.m. on a weekday, like a weeknight, I was like dying. Oh my god. Dude,
1: I think, ah, uh, dude, I, th- I think Hong Kong was like a period for me that like I don't think was my best image. Yeah. Because like, Everyone who like studied or brought in Hong Kong, like loved partying and they just partied all the time yeah. and you really didn't have anyone to hang out with if you didn't party with your like, like foreign friends, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think like, like, it just like took me from reality and I don't like that part of me. Like, yeah. I definitely like partying and stuff, right but these guys were like, Mix like level. every single day, yeah. like partying and like drinking and drinking as much as they can, like meeting, talking to girls. Oh my God being a fuckboy was like a, a <laughs> huge thing then and i just think like i if i could do it over i would i would just be a lot more wholesome man that, yeah, that dude, was
0: I, I mean I, I definitely think like it's it's okay to try and like experience this stuff but but i, I mean it, not that i had like a negative image or anything It's just like uh, definitely like when i met you i was like yeah no you're you're someone who's like super fun to hang out with and i, I really wanted to like get to know you like a lot better and stuff because um, yeah i i could tell like you were like a very genuine person you know um, Wait, just- i
1: i remember something that i lied to you about remember when you talked about like 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 having like um like you like when i first talked to you i noticed that you were some sort of hype beast right and then yeah. you talked about like and then you're like oh do you have any like you asked me if i had any like like hype-y uh, yeah, stuff yeah and uh, the right, things right. i said i actually don't have yeah no like I, I I, yeah, just I, to try to connect with you no, no, i was like just, no,
0: it's fine it's fine <laughs> but it's like yeah no i like no that's completely fine um that's kind of how you like i mean i saw study business so i've definitely said stuff like i i, I can relate to to yeah
1: like i just wanted to no i I didn't want to do business i just wanted to like just show that like i was like connecting with the yeah no for sure oh yeah just like i I, I was too poor to afford hypey stuff yeah no no
0: i mean it's yeah it's, it's cool it's cool don't worry about it but um yeah i i remember like you know you showing us like like we went to like a 7 Eleven to get some balls of Soju and then we sat at like the oh Apple Theater, that, that, that right? Is like,
1: that is like where you pregame. That is like Yeah, and you're where like you're Yo, this is where yeah.
0: all like the exchange kids go to like pre. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you showed us like the clubs and stuff, you brought like your exchange friends along. And no, I definitely yeah, had like an sure. amazing time. Um and I I was like, Yeah, I, Dude,
2: I literally
1: I, thought you were gonna die because you literally said, Oh, like we woke up like at 7 AM and we had to go to this other place. Or something oh, and i was well, like Holy it's because like we
0: were we were like on vacation right so usually like <laughs> yeah. i guess like when whenever we hung out with you it was like at the nighttime but in the morning like right. we i guess wanted to do a bit more be like a bit touristy because we are in the city so um yeah we would like, climb like the victoria's peak and then like just do like other um touristy stuff during the day so we were literally living off of like three hours of sleep uh (laughs) while we were in hong kong but no it was it was a great time and i i think like i was definitely um in a different mindset back then but uh yeah like it was I, i was actually like really happy i get i got to like finally meet you in person and um like during that time and i mean ever since i think like we've you know even though like that was like the last time i saw you in person you know we we still like communicate we still talk quite a bit we
1: yeah, but, dude, when I was in Seattle, I was like, yo, where's Vincent, man? And then you're like, fuck. <laughs> I, I wasn't there <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I wasn't there yet. But um, yeah, and I, I think like, yeah, it was just a freaking amazing time. And I, I remember those like experiences and memories a lot. So I, I guess like afterwards um, where like uh, you took on a internship at Facebook, right? Um, in California. Right. And that was essentially where... I I think you're, like, you've definitely, like, grown a lot probably through that experience just with, um, like, your uh, career uh, along with, like, um, other aspects of life, right? I think, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to give a shout out to to Christine um, on this podcast as well. So, uh, do you want to, like, dive (laughs) a bit into that um, area?
1: Holy crap. That's actually going to do
2: you think that's actually do you think a,
0: that, <laughs> i mean i mean sure like I'll, like uh we'll probably save that yeah. for like another time but um yeah essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I do think like i, I want to give you um i guess an opportunity to to i guess um I, I, here i i, I want you like share like some of my thoughts so okay yeah d- definitely like ray like I've, I've known you i mean essentially a year um a bit over a year and a lot of the times when we kind of just casually chill and talk um on discord because of just COVID and just um like i guess our friend group and stuff like that like i mm-hmm. really like i guess your motivation and your um i guess um the need to do stuff and i i, I think i i relate a lot to to uh, a lot of the stuff you say i appreciate that i appreciate um, that appreciate be- it because like and just hearing mm-hmm. your story right about like you growing up and stuff like you, you said like no your parents didn't really have like pressure for you but like constantly there were a lot of points in kind of just growing up, like you in elementary school, like high school, whether it's it was sports or just joining clubs and stuff, like where you would um like you you'd like want to be like the best at something, right? I think it it came along with like your internal pride, your your like, you know, reputation and it was it was something that you just needed to get done, right? Like I, I think mm-hmm. that's just the natural person you are. And um yeah, there were definitely a lot of times where we would have like deep talks um where you know you and and something that i relate to a lot is like you know like you know during covid like you feel like you need to do something because you feel like it's like never enough you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, you you feel like because and i like i can definitely say like yeah throughout like i guess my career and like just a lot of times where i would like sit in bed and like i wake up like fuck I, i feel like i could do more but once i pick up all these like other stuff I always, like, vent and complain, like, shit, I'm, like, doing way too much stuff, you know what I mean? But, but when, <laughs> right. when, like, nothing happens, like, fuck, I'm, like, so bored, like, I, I want to yeah. do more. And I, I think we relate. Dude, that's me, man, that's Yeah, exactly, me, man. I, I feel like we relate <laughs> so clearly on that aspect. Holy shit. But I, I do think, like, along with, like, the other guys, right, like, Jack and stuff, like, you you definitely, like, inspire me a lot to, like, kind of put a lot of, like, um to, to just get stuff done because I've definitely, like, thought about this whole podcast idea for like two years now and mm-hmm. um yeah d- definitely like kind of seeing you um kind of do like your youtube channel and like your other side projects and stuff it-, it definitely like nudged me a bit into like this direction where it's like oh i just gotta get this stuff done so yeah definitely like it was amazing oh, i appreciate and that I-, I actually like love like you no know, talking with you and like hanging out with you um i do want to I mean, there's a lot more to this story. Like after your whole like Hong Kong exchange and stuff, we could save this for another time. But yeah, for um, sure. I like you know you're you're you are currently like a recent graduate from Duke University. You're about mm-hmm. to start your full time job soon in uh, New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious, like what is next for you? Um, like besides kind of just your job and stuff, like is there anything that you want to? try and do uh something you're like yeah thankful for like you know feel free to like give a few shout outs and stuff because we are like pretty long into your story so
1: well if you listen to this point of the podcast then uh you're probably fucking crazy i'm just kidding but um yeah like let me see um i get a shout out a shout out to i think a lot of the people have you know changed and uh like changed the way that i am today Mm -hmm. and uh really like created what kind of person i am and um i think talking about like i don't want to give specific shout outs to people because like i would feel bad about giving other people not not shout out so like almost shout out to like a lot of people in my life really Um, um but i think like for my path like i think my dream is to be a ceo and i think like i'm going to use computer science as a medium to become a ceo I think i'm one of those people who doesn't really really enjoy coding i love code i like coding um but i don't think it's going to be something that i can do for the rest of my life and i'm going to try to do like you know one day go into like managing people and um you know that's that's what i think i i can do best and but for right now like like start with uh working at facebook you know i'm already super happy and uh i'm a very ambitious person and people are like telling me like, oh, like if you're a very ambitious person, you will never be happy with where you're at. The problem is I'm happy where I am. I'm really happy,
2: <laughs> but I
1: can still do more. You know, yeah, I can still strive for more. And then that gets me more happiness, you know?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think like um, in a similar mindset, actually, where I, I, I do feel like um, like I, I'm always like super happy and proud and generally like satisfying to see, you know, like the people in that friend group, Um, kind of succeed at what they want to achieve. And um, I kind of have this like, I've only like told like one of my friends this, Um, he's doing investment banking. And I I just thought it was a super cool idea if, you know, in the future, you know, we um, kind of established, like, not really like a VC, but essentially like a committee where we could give back to the community a bit more yeah that'd be Um, insane like whether it's like like some sort of like CEO board because you know all of us have just crazy like VP positions later on I don't know it it would just (laughs) you know and it's like we all like live in like uh we all have houses on like the same street and stuff and it was just oh my god you know, it's, you know it's one of those like dreams we like, all can get lighting. a vacation house and like yeah. just like
1: chill it's, together you know yeah it's like and it's, be like looking back like that would be so like, insane you know what I
0: mean? it's like you know you share these type of moments with the people that matter the most and um yeah i like i i guess like another thing is um i'm kind of curious now that you've kind of like uh met all of like us canadians you know
1: people who grew up from vancouver um dude i love canadians man holy <laughs> crap canadian chinese canadian korean canadian taiwanese canadian um japanese yes. like all, all of you canadian asians are like so nice and like amazing and i like fuck with all of you guys like dead ass like i haven't i mean I, I really haven't met someone that I didn't really fuck with from Canada. I met so many Asians that like are just not really my type
2: yeah.
1: in uh, America, but like from Canada, like you guys are so nice. You guys are so awesome. Um, Thanks for inventing ABGs. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Thanks for just being awesome. Like, yeah, like I, yeah hopefully really, you
0: know that uh ubc is not berkeley you know
1: that yeah uh, ubc is not that, berkeley there's you know, some
0: pretty cool people that come UBC from ubc
1: is better than berkeley <laughs> for sure i should have applied to ubc but um,
0: <laughs> yeah no for sure and um I, I i think like you know like all of us we we definitely have plans to uh visit you in new york i i think like a few of us are like actually like considering it you know this upcoming
1: winter Uh No, if you guys don't visit me, I'm visiting you. So like, no, no, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna visit you guys. Like, I start
2: you.
0: Um, when when you, I visit.
1: I think like in order to keep in contact, since you guys, I should have just fucking gone to Seattle. I don't know why the fuck I chose, but like in order to keep in contact, I'm like like every year, like going twice to Seattle. No, no, like that's what I've been doing in the past. Um, before like because I went to like I went to see Jack. And then I went twice already to Seattle, lived with Billy.
2: Yeah.
1: I've I lived with Billy's old house, lived with Billy's new house. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, but, I will definitely we, go we as much actually, as I can. Like, um,
0: like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of you. And I, I think, like, for sure, like, we are going to have a lot of, like, memories together just in the future. Dude, right? like, for
1: sure, man. Just, I, I can't uh, wait, dude. I'm excited. Give me the fuck out of this quarantine so I can see you guys yeah, again. Fuck yeah, this shit. Sure.
0: But, um, yeah, I, I guess we're, like, kind of, like, almost at the two-hour mark. We're just the longest podcast I and mean, there's still so much we haven't covered so we'll, we'll like definitely have you on again to like discuss <laughs> the next like the, i guess the other stuff but um yeah, for sure do you want to like i don't know plug your yourself your youtube channel stuff like that i i, I think this was actually like one of the, it was a super interesting just hearing about how you grew up because um A lot of the people that I've talked to before—I mean, we're kind of from the same city, so it was very easy for me to gauge like their lifestyle and stuff because we grew Mm up in the same environment. But for you, like, it was it was inspiring and also like eye-opening to see like your experience, um, kind of. Oh, thank you, appreciate it. So yeah,
1: Um, yeah, like I do have a I do have a YouTube channel. It's called at Code Ray. That it took me a while to think of the name. After asking Vincent too, and a lot of them, you well, know, the actually, I should name my YouTube channel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have that. And um, you can follow me on Instagram at thecode Ray or Twitter at Decode Ray. Um, but yeah, shout out to my mom and my dad for uh, bringing me to life and to all my friends who have been with me through this journey and to Vincent for hosting this amazing podcast.
0: I'm actually going to listen back to this. And oh my God, I actually like love some of your stories so much but uh yeah we gotta end this somewhere so um yeah thank you everyone who've actually just listened to this for for like the past two hours and uh we'll have ray on again to explain a bit more on like i guess the current state and like the deeper side of like the career stuff that that itself is going to be like extremely long topic yeah for sure but um thank you so much ray um we'll probably celebrate by probably watching like something together or playing some video games and stuff together but uh, thank you yeah, everyone for, for sure. listening and uh, see you guys later
2: thank you so much